me to share with you. I am Mary L. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I deeply appreciate how this meeting starts in terms of really starting with the big book and really talking about how this program works. I am certainly a member of the Century Club. I am currently um, 236 pounds, less than my highest ever weight. And I have uh, talked about life unmanageable. I have certainly, um, four times in my life, I've lost 100 plus pounds. It's like, okay, where's the strategy of this? This is happening. But my, what I really would like to speak tonight is where I finally moved from that place of being a person who was really good at being um, submissive to a plan or such, or to be compliant with certain things and to move to that place of absolute surrender that allowed me to finally be at this place today where I'm two years and four months absent, for which I am deeply, deeply grateful. I think food first became an issue, or I became aware I was different when I was 10 years old. I mean, as a young, young girl living in the desert, um, I was the fourth child of 11 children, and I loved playing with my older brothers, chasing horny toads in the desert and things like that. I just loved to play, be with my brothers. Um, and I didn't really understand that I was different and that I was growing tall so rapidly. So when I was 10 years old, I was already five foot 10. And going into a new school and walking into the classroom, and I was taller than the principal. I was taller than everybody in that school. And they say, oh, she's taller than the principal. Okay. So everything was just different and unusual for me. And I began to have this sense that I was different. In fact, my mom said to me at one point, Mary, you look like a man because the hair on your arm is so dark. And that was when I was 10 years old. And that's something that stuck with me until I was in my mid twenties when I finally got the strength of courage to ask a physician whether I was a man or a woman. Okay. So it was when I was 10 that I really started to find relief in the foods. And that became part of for all the pain and such I was going through, I was, you know, I, I think when we hear each other's stories so often, we've all experienced trauma. So I've experienced the childhood trauma. I have been raped. I have, I've had those different experiences in my life. And food was where I found that comfort where I could hide and literally I would hide and I would first of all steal food, I would hide food and I would just eat whenever I could eat. 
I grew rapidly. I matured physically very early. My, my early menarche at uh, 10, menarche when I was 10. So I was developing into a full woman pretty rapidly. And here I am thinking I'm a man. Um, and I was always in this place of conflict and food was where I could best find that support. And yet food became an issue with my mom in terms of trying to regulate and make sure things are absolutely perfect. I wasn't allowed to have my lunch at school. I had to walk home from school in order to eat. So it was always a battle. And when I moved in, got into high school age, um, certainly relationships were very challenging for me. And, um, you know, you have the opportunity to lead a play and you're having the leading man sing West, you know, Maria to you. And he stops midway and says, oh, you've got rabbit's teeth. And it's kind of, okay. <laughs> okay, childhood trauma happening there. So that went on throughout high school um, and being able to go to, um, uh, university and earn my initial undergraduate degree. You know, I was kind of maintaining weight okay, but it was always a battle, always a battle, always a struggle. Um, and um, having graduated and moved on to um, earning my nursing degree at the time, um, I was able for the first time to be able to move out on my own instead of living with my parents and living with my mom and dad. And at that point in time, everything just went to heck in a handbasket. It just became food. There was nothing to stop me, nothing to say no. I could get a, eat a whole cake at one sitting. I could just buy groceries and groceries and just eat and eat and eat to the point that here I am a critical care nurse teaching cardiac patients about weight loss, appropriate diet and exercise. And I was weighing 416 pounds. There's a disconnect here, right? And I didn't have my first real go at losing weight until I wanted to get a new job. And I knew that no one was going to hire me if I looked like 416 pounds. So I went to a pay and way one where they you know, prescribe the food for you and you pick up the food. And I actually lost a hundred pounds, okay? I was feeling really good. I applied for the work and I got the new job. In the interview process, they asked me about my weight, whether I was gonna to continue to try to lose weight. Um, I wanted to do that. I actually asked to see my physician to see a psychiatrist because I didn't want to go backwards at all. And yet, having got to that point, it was not something I could hang on to. I could stick to the diet long enough, so I was compliant with the diet long enough. I could be in that place of being submissive to those requirements. I actually earned my bronze medal in um, ballroom dancing, out there doing things, okay? And yet there I went back again and started gaining the weight, gaining the weight, gaining the weight. 
I got to the point where I was literally wondering, why am I trying to kill myself? I considered bariatric surgery. And I went to the class and they talked about what would happen if after bariatric surgery and how many people would eat their way past the bypass and would gain all the weight back. I said, okay, been there, done that twice already. I'm going to be that person. So I wanted to know why was I trying to kill myself? And they referred me to an MSW who first determined I was not suicidal. You know, they do that personal test there. Eight and minutes, Mary. Eight you. minutes. She stopped right there and said, Mary, you are not suicidal. You have a disease, you have an addiction, and you need to go to Overeaters Anonymous. A healthcare professional actually said, go to Overeaters Anonymous. That was a wonderful experience for me. And I went for about a year and a half, had a great time being away from my mom, every Saturday and going to the meetings. I didn't work the program. I never reported my food. I never used a sponsor. It was a social club and I lost a hundred pounds. That was number three, okay? Then you get cocky. Again, I was really good about being there and having that appearance of being submissive to the process, but I started gaining the weight again, gaining the weight, eating. And I'm a person who has strong will. I mean, we all have great will, strong will. I mean, I was working full time, going to school full time, earning my doctorate and gaining weight. So the fourth time I lost hundred pounds, 105 pounds, I wanted right knee surgery. And I needed to lose that weight, get down to the BMI. I got down to that 230 pounds. In the next two and a half months, I gained 25 pounds back. Insanity, right? Absolute insanity. At that point in time, I said, okay, I'm done. If I cannot on New Year's Day stick to this pain-way diet, I mean, I would pick up the food, stop by Taco Bell on the way home, <laughs> my food and eat, okay? It was crazy. But if I can't for 24 hours follow this diet, I'm walking back into um, Overeaters Anonymous. And this time I was at the place of total, absolute surrender. Whatever it took, I was gonna do I walked in that Saturday. The next Saturday, my sponsor found me. And my sponsor is a person who I could tell right away was a really strong person. I figured I needed someone stronger than me. So for two and a half years now, I've been in that place of working the program every day. But it's knowing every day, I mean, it's a disease of the body, mind, and spirit. And it's the mind which gets to me and I have to work every single day. That disease between the ears where I think I'm a sane person, but I want to think about food. I want to go in a different direction. So working that program every 
single day because I can't see things for myself. I'm, it's like I'm totally blind. And I need a sponsor to say, Mary, guess what? I need a sponsor to say, Mary, okay, if you don't believe me, here, look, here are four numbers. You call, you go talk to them and see what they have to say. Okay, I did what I was told. You know, I made my phone calls. I did all this. And when I talked to those people, guess what? I guess my sponsor did know what she was talking about. So I had to get to that place of, first of all, yes, my life had become unmanageable. Always buying two seats anytime I had to fly. Having to let my business know I had to use the large rental cars because I couldn't fit in a regular rental car. These things doing all the time. My life was absolutely unmanageable. I was living with a druggie in my house, the grandson of my housemate, who was smoking pot, doing hard drugs in my house, and I could not get him out of my house. I was just, I, it's like I was paralyzed. I was trapped in a prison of my life. You know, one of the questions that was asked of me is what prayer would I like at the end? Well, it's the promises. Because when I work the steps every day, when I work with a sponsor every day, I can see something a nanosecond earlier than I did before. And those add up to I can all of a sudden, she says, okay, now Mary, that's the disease talking. It's between your head, it's, you're not this, you're not that, it's the disease talking. Okay, it's a disease. So now I know how to deal with that. I can go ahead and move on. So I'm deeply grateful for the program and the steps and step one. I mean, admitting I was powerless. I had to be at that place of surrender. I tried everything. I had to be at the place of surrender. I had to have someone show to me, show me how unmanageable my life was because I couldn't even see it for myself. And so my sponsor very patiently, sometimes she had to say, Mary, really lay it down for me, show me black and white what was happening. But my life was so unmanageable, I couldn't even see how unmanageable it was. And then to come to believe that there's an answer that could restore me to sanity. And I wasn't a religious person. I mean, they keep on saying it's a spiritual program. I'm kind of going, yeah, spiritual program. Okay, I don't really want to do this. I haven't been in a church forever. But when the sponsor allowed me to write my own job description, or who is my higher power and what I want my higher power to be able to do for me. All of a sudden I thought, okay, if this is what my higher power is going to do for me, okay, I think I can do this. I can take a step of faith, that step of faith that I, I can do this. And this higher power is the higher power I can live with. Then it became that willingness in step three. 
to actually give my life over. So it's not my will the way I want it. I tell you that disease process between the ears, the ego, the ego, the ego. It comes over and over again. I am a professional at the ego. It can pop up any certain different way it can, you can think about. It comes up at work. It comes up in relationships. And I needed to be able to turn this over so that my ego and the mask between the ears wasn't in charge on a daily basis. And that's where working the program every single day made a difference for me. So I'm incredibly grateful now, again, to be two years and four months abstinent. But it's only because steps one, two, and three, oh uh, yeah, admitting it, I came in ground zero. I just knew I was done. I couldn't do this anymore. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Being able to really find a higher power I could live with. And then we get to that fifth spiritual condition where now we have steps four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, which is how we live our lives on a daily basis how we live, how I live this life on a daily basis, always shedding. I call my daily call of my sponsor a daily shedding. It's like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. I don't carry it with me. I can let it go. I can let it go. Step four was such a freeing opportunity to first of all see all those character defects and see those things that kept on clattering my mind just getting in the midst of things and literally kept me trapped it kept me trapped between my two ears and so when you go four five six seven eight nine you just go it's like the three step the one two three four five seven, eight, nine, then 10, 11, and 12, we have that dance. And that's one of the dances I learned at Arthur Murray's was, again, was the wall. But it's that joy and the pleasure of having a life. After all of these years, I have a life I can hardly believe. Friends and neighbors, I'm not trapped like in a complex. I'm looking forward to retirement. I'm looking forward to opportunities to be who I really am inside, be the spirit, be the light of the spirit of my higher power and to step forth in that spirit and to experience the joy of that. And it all comes down from putting down the food. Putting down the food. And I tell you, that first bite is so luxurious sometimes. You think, oh, it's not going to matter if I just throw this extra handful of almonds into my salad. 
And when I did share that with my sponsor and her first comment was, thank you for sharing and don't do that again. <laughs> you text me, you call me, you stick to the rules, Mary, you're getting cocky. You got, again, compliance, or you need to surrender to the steps and to the program every single day. And that surrender is worth it because now I have a life. I have a life worth living. I'm not plagued on a constant basis in the disease of the mind. I'm able to free myself from being driven by ego and consider other people and be in relationship and not having to always have a quid quote pro, I can just be a friend. I can be a real human being. So that's my life today. I would say my life is the joy of doing service, the joy of having sponsees and sharing the opportunity to have a life worth living, having a daily opportunity to deal with the disease between my ears and knowing that that disease does not have to rule my life and to direct me. I can be whole and complete in the program, living the program on a daily basis. Thank you.